Welcome to a special bonus episode of The Complete Works Season 3, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeoh-averse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike Tricio. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing just great. Um, coming to you live, air quotes, from Ireland to <laughs> uh, the b- b- podcast Time Travel Magic. Exactly, yeah. As we discussed uh, last week on this podcast, when we did our bonus episode for Strike Back Legacy, Mike D is out of town. And not only out of town, he is out of the country uh, yes. currently. <laughs> I've had enough of this place. I'm out yeah, of here. Exactly. So he's on like a two-week trip to Ireland, uh, which is great. And that's happening as you're listening to this right now, assuming you listen to this right when it comes out. Uh, but we're recording this a few weeks in advance so that uh, we can give Mike D a little bit of a break while he's in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, like we always say, the show must go on. You crave the Michelle Yeoh content, and we're here to give it to you no matter what. Exactly. And the timing sort of worked out because, as again, as we talked about last week, uh, we had two things coming up that we were kind of on the fence about covering because they were both um, TV shows that Michelle Yeoh was kind of jumping in on, not in the first season or anything like that. Like, you know, jumping in, Strike Back Legacy was uh, season five, and today's episode uh, is Marco Polo on Netflix, uh, which uh, she entered the cast in season two of this show. She was a main cast member, uh, and so we kind of felt like maybe we should talk about this, uh, but maybe not for like a whole episode because uh, neither of us have watched Marco Polo and uh, there'd be a lot of preparation to watch the entire first season of the show just to get to the Michelle Yeoh stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, actually, never mind. I was going to say it's sort of like Strike Back, but no, Strike Back at least was like they're kind of each season is a little bit standalone. Uh, right. Seems like Marco Polo. That's not the case at all. So. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. Strike Back, uh, I think because it's, maybe it is that British kind of thing where it's like every series is its own individual idea and it even had like a different subtitle for each thing so it's like okay there's one plot for one season and then we're done new characters in the next season most of the time all that stuff so strike back legacy it was maybe a little confusing at first but you got you got the gist of it pretty quick as to who the main characters were what their motives were all that kind of stuff uh marco polo we each watched uh season two episode one of this show uh which is michelle yo's i believe first appearance although she actually does make a quick appearance in the marco polo christmas special which came out in between seasons which you watched Yes. Yeah. And I think Christmas special is a loose term. It must have just aired around Christmas time or been dropped around Christmas time. Right. Because it's got nothing to do with anything about Christmas. And yeah, it's just a 30 minute sort of prequel episode filling in the backstory of one specific character. So that was neat. But yeah, Michelle Yeoh literally is in that for five seconds where she's like yells the guy's name and then runs away like, ha ha, like we just did on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Crouching Tiger episode um, yes. or Crouching Tiger 2 um, and disappears. And then uh, that seems that does ha- that did pay off, though, uh, in episode one, that, that watching that made me understand a look of recognition uh, in Michelle Yeoh's face. So that's pretty neat. I yeah, guess. absolutely. So we both watched uh, season two, episode one of this show. And you can talk about the Hundred Eyes special, too, if you want as well. Essentially, we're kind of jumping into this. Marco Polo, unlike Strike Back, is this was this kind of large scale 
uh, you know, epic story that it was telling. Uh, and it was about, you know, the adventures of Marco Polo, the actual guy. It's not about the swimming pool game. Uh, <laughs> it, it is actually like it's a historical fiction drama uh, in the mold of Game of Thrones. And uh, we kind of talked about this era of Netflix a little bit a few weeks ago on the podcast for that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2 episode, uh, which this series also created by John Fusco, who wrote Crouching Tiger 2. And also produced by the Weinsteins, which I discovered when the Weinstein Company logo came. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, very closely connected to uh, Crash and Tiger Two. Although I feel like the production value of this show much higher than Crash and Tiger Two had. I don't know. If, uh, would you agree, yeah. Mike? Yeah, I think so too. There's much less noticeable. These guys are all in a green screen kind of situation. It looks like they right. had a couple of real sets. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but it very much does feel like that at this point, Netflix is starting to ramp up its original series production. They've got a few hits on their hands. I think Stranger Things might be out by this time, and that's a runaway hit, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they're looking for that kind of Game of Thrones-esque blockbuster success, which everything has been chasing for the last you know 10 years or so, right? Yeah. Uh, and Marco Polo was kind of of tr- positioned at first to try to be that it was trying to be that kind of, kind of like historical drama uh maybe more grounded than game of thrones certainly but kind of dealing with all that palace intrigue and all that kind of stuff uh the show didn't last it uh, aired for two seasons on netflix uh this is uh, this was i think one of their first big cancellations actually um hmm. so and it, it re- apparently resulted the entire two seasons together resulted in a 200 million dollar loss for netflix wow. uh and so the decision to cancel was uh, jointly taken by both netflix and the weinstein company um but uh yeah it ran for two seasons and then it was done michelle yo was not in the first season but she is in season two uh and so jumping into this episode this uh season two premiere uh we did get like a, a recap. It starts with, you know, the recap of what happened in season one, uh, which was helpful, gave me a gist of some of the characters and who they were and stuff. Uh, and then it was about 40 minutes of like my eyes glazing over because I didn't know who any of the characters yeah, were or yeah. what they were doing. Uh, and then it was like 10 minutes of a cool Michelle Yeoh fight scene. And I was like, all right, uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, um, you know, you need it. It's got like a five minute intro recap thing, which is really helpful. Yeah, it's a lot of like brothers and uncles and wives and people all at this grand wedding and everybody's clearly scheming at something. But we don't know, obviously, starting in episode uh, one of season two, who the fuck anybody is. Right. (laughs) Um, So that made it a little confusing. uh, But you get the general gist of somebody's planning to kill somebody to position themselves for the line to the throne or whatever you get we get it and then yeah michelle yo shows up at the very end who i believe the situation there is that she's like guarding the actual emperor of china um because the khan has taken over the mongols have taken over so like this would be the rightful chinese heir to the throne kind right. of thing and uh yeah there's a kind of cool fight scene and and then uh, roll credits and i'm like all right yeah, sure, I that's, guess. that's pretty much it. But you do get it was really interesting watching this. I watched this um, right before we watched uh, Mechanic Resurrection, uh, which we're recording right after this, that episode. But you'll hear that one before this comes out. Mechanic Resurrection, a movie that really gives Michelle Yeoh a completely thankless supporting yeah. role. She gets nothing to do in that movie whatsoever. And it's interesting, like you watch Strike Back and you watch this and uh, it really is clear that like, wow, TV was such a great avenue for Michelle Yeoh to show what she was still capable of because movies were not letting her do that at this time. Yeah, yeah I just recently, a couple of weeks ago, saw a quote uh, from her in some interview or something from Michelle Yeoh stating that she's like finally getting scripts that don't just say 
uh, like Asian looking person as the description for the character. Um, and watching, you know, uh, mechanic resurrection and stuff like that. You see where, like what kind of things she's talking about. <laughs> like I can imagine like, that could be anybody just quote unquote of Asian descent for her character in mechanic. And we'll get into that or have already gotten into that. But yeah. And in, in TV strike back, you know, she turns out to be a major villain in this. It seems like she's going to have a major or would have a major role for the rest of the season as the bodyguard or something. Makes sense that they, she would turn to TV. Yeah, absolutely. And this was a show, I mean, to its credit, a show that featured a mostly Asian cast. It was centered on a white guy. His name was Marco Polo. Um, but otherwise. <laughs> yeah, but he's, I mean, at least in this episode, he's not really in it. So I don't, I wonder how much of true. it yeah, is just think, an excuse to be showing this. Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering that myself, like how big of a role Marco Polo actually has in this show. Because it really seems like, and maybe he had a bigger role in the first season and people like kind of shifted the show to change what people were responding to or whatever. But uh, Benedict Wong as Kublai Khan was like, holy shit, man, this is so, yeah. like, he's great in this show. Yeah, uh, he rules. Uh, great to see him, and that's, of course, a Yo! reunion um, because he was in Sunshine and there was one other movie with Benedict Wong in it so far, wasn't there? I think so, but definitely Sunshine is the main one that comes to my mind. Um, and and watching the uh, 100 Eyes episode special thing, uh, he's m- the, a main character in that also. Yes. Uh, so it's just like, yes, the Benedict Long show, let's go. So like, I didn't even know he's in the main, like in the actual show, because I also didn't really know anything about the connection to 100 Eyes, that character and stuff, watching that episode. So I was like, oh, okay. man. Like I, I hope Mike gets to see Benedict Long and 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 then I watched episode one and was like yes thank God yeah he's like the main dude he's great uh, yeah. yeah no Benedict Long was in Sunshine he was also in the Lady that's what it was ah uh, yes yes yes, yes. Uh, the Lady of course and plus uh, Chin Han is also in this show um, who I I actually didn't notice if I, like, I'm not sure if he was in the episode or whatever but uh, of course he was in Final Recipe her husband in that in that movie yeah I think he's the guy at the very end or no. Excuse me. That's I think that's Johnny Toe from uh, Fast the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it's the guy that comes out of the tent at the very end of the episode. Wait, Johnny Tran? Johnny Tran, yeah. Because um, Johnny Toe is the director of the Pro Trio. That's uh, right. But- <laughs> I meant the character Johnny Tran. Um, he I think was in the, the recap. That guy that played her husband. So I think he I think he dies in season one. Okay, I'm furiously looking up who played Johnny Tran in the Fast and the Furious to to, to discover whether. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was Rick Yoon who played Johnny Tran, and yeah, he was in Marco Polo. You are right, there Mike. He is. You got there, and yeah, there's uh, yeah, prominent actors like that, Asian actors. Uh, also, Gabriel Byrne is apparently in season two. Um, cool. He playing Pope Gregory the Tenth. So there's That's that. That's pretty neat. Yes, uh, but yeah, so I, I would say just kind of general impressions, watching the show without any kind of other context, not having seen the first season, most likely not going to watch the rest of the second season. Uh, I think it looked very good. I think it very much felt like a kind of, you know, Game of Thrones knockoff, but I think, you know, in the world of Game of Thrones knockoffs, this is probably one of the better ones, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and I think it is it is definitely notable to have like a mostly Asian cast and be centered around, the you know, uh, Chinese and Mongol history, uh, history, this kind of prestige intrigue drama thing in that world, which, you know, generally pop culture wise would be ignored. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I mean, depending on how much Marco Polo factors into the first one, I was pretty sh- like the character. I was pretty like shocked at how little he is in this one um, in the first episode. And yeah, it looks cool. I think this would have been fun at the time. I don't know if it'd be worth watching these two episodes now, knowing that I'm sure nothing gets resolved and it got canceled and like, what's, the, what's the point, you know? Um, yeah. Like, I'm sure the impending Witcher cancellation is going to happen. And that's also positioned as like a sort of Game of Thrones follow-up thing. Um, sure, yeah. Although Witcher, I mean, Witcher's a weird one because I know Henry Cavill was in the show and now he's not. Um, yeah, he's in the first three episodes or three seasons. Uh, right, and the, the third, one and third season's has- coming out. 
Correct, yeah. And then they announced Liam Hemsworth is replacing him in the fourth season. Uh, so... <laughs> What a downgrade. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, that, that's rough for Witcher fans out there. Uh, and I I'm, I'm guess we'll talk about that more uh, at a later date because, of course, Michelle Yeoh is in the Witcher prequel series. Right. Uh, or prequel miniseries, Blood Origin, which came out, I guess, last year. It was like Christmas of last year or something like that. Something like that, yeah. It was, it was after everything everywhere happened, I think, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about the Witcher prequel. And uh, it'll be a similar situation uh, where I have not seen any Witcher things at all. I've not watched the TV show. I've never played the game. I've never read the books. Uh, but Mike D., he's pretty deep in the Witcher world. Uh, so yes. he, will, he will guide us through the Witcher prequel show. Uh, and you've deliberately held off from watching this show because we're going to do it for the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, I knew that we'd eventually get there, and then also maybe the reviews weren't that good, so I was like, yeah, "Well, why I, I also saw that." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of um, had that, I, I kind of had that this weekend. Uh, we're recording this the weekend before uh, the new Transformers movie comes out, which Michelle Yeoh is in, uh, and I've heard pretty decent things about it. I've heard it's all right, um, but I feel like I just don't have it in me to watch the new Transformers movie twice. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, can't do it. it. Yeah, um, uh, but I'm very excited to hear Michelle Yeoh playing the Falcon Arizor in the Beast Wars. It should be a great time. Yeah. Cinematic history. Put it mark it on your calendars. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's funny yeah i mean i'm going back to the, the hundred eyes bonus episode thing um that was actually really cool i, okay. I will say yeah. um which that character is um he's in episode one of season two he's the guy that talks to like the prince in the barn he like kicks all, out of his drinking buddies out of the barn at the wedding okay he, if you remember that scene that's like yes. kind of his most notable scene and he chugs all the wine and then he's like tastes like goat piss and he's like but you still drank it all and he's like i did and he like he just throws it throws the cup away and walks out yeah. Um, that guy, uh, who is a Chinese person in the show, or is a Chinese person that uh, was captured, his his temple was captured by the Mongols, uh, and in exchange for not burning down all of the Shaolin temples in China, he teaches the Mongol army, like, Kung Fu, uh, is, like, sort of the exchange that, that the Khan gives him. So it's about him... Being captured, uh, being a prisoner, they blind him with cobra venom. Like they make a cobra spit in his eyes, uh, okay. which is pretty intense. And then he, yeah, he is named like a minister of the military or whatever. So it's him. Most of the episode is him in a in a cell, like practicing martial arts by himself and then eventually kind of like achieving some sort of enlightenment, a little bit like all the other uh, Michelle Yeoh movies that we've watched recently. Um, and accepting his fate to teach the 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 enemy quote unquote uh, the secret fighting technique of of uh, kung fu and stuff so in that episode at the very beginning when the the mongol army is attacking the temple it's him in the courtyard and he's just like destroying all of these dudes uh, and it's awesome. So it's like a, I, that was like my, that's my first introduction to Marco Polo, which I thought was like a pretty serious, straightforward historical drama. And he's like kind of got like a Wuja wire foo thing going on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so it's this kind of show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, he's he's kill like, you know, he's um, fighting a bunch of dudes. And one guy is like getting the drop on him in the background coming up close. And you hear someone yell his name. I think it's like Lin Bao from off screen. And an arrow hits that guy. And he like turns and looks up on the wall. And it's Michelle Yeoh. And she, like, draws another arrow and, like, helps him in that fight. And then she's okay. gone. She never shows up. It's five seconds. That's it. Wow. Uh, so I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, cool. But it's only a 30-minute thing. So then in the main episode, episode one of season two, at the very end with Michelle Yeoh's fight scene, she's fighting Marco Polo. 
And there's like a moment of recognition and confusion on her face where he knows whatever move she's doing and like they're fighting the same uh, fighting style. Yeah. And that's because Hundred Eyes has trained Marco Polo in fighting at this temple that they were at together. Okay. So like that's the little seed that that Hundred Eyes thing plants is that she knows now that this Hundred Eyes guy is still alive, I guess. Marco Polo knows their secret technique kind of thing. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, the first, that episode was pretty cool, the little 30-minute thing, because it's like a it's pretty much Crouching Tiger, <laughs> sort of Destiny, uh, whatever, true legend, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, the guy that kind of goes into solitude to learn the secrets of the universe kind of deal. Right. Gain um, enlightenment and become the greatest martial artist that ever lived, right? Basically, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, it kind of watching this episode in general, sort of, like I said, sort of is like, I'm kind of interested, but I don't really want to go back to season one and know that it doesn't get resolved. So, like, whatever. I'm not going to bother at this point. Yeah, is what it is. Uh, yeah, that actor, by the way, Tom Wu, uh, just a martial artist who's been in a ton of things. He was in Batman Begins. He was in Skyfall. He was in uh, Kick-Ass 2 and Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, but I did want to mention that there are, like, a couple of Michelle Yeoh connections here because oh. I, he was in The Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior, which, of course, okay. is a spinoff of the Mummy series, which she was in the third one. <laughs> All right. Uh, and he's in a season of Strike Back. He's in Strike Back Revolution uh, for two episodes. Look uh, at that. So, yeah, there's connections happening all over the place. Yeah, this made me think of, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Uh, uh, you know, I did not, uh, but I have a vague memory of you getting kind of into The Last Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, I got very into that. Uh, I think there's four or five seasons of it now. Um, Is it still going? So it ended. So there was a final season. I think I, and I don't remember if that's four or five. I don't remember how many there are. Um, and then I think I just recently saw like a movie dropped on Netflix. Of it. Oh, really? Um, okay. It looks so like there's five seasons of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So it might've been like, and, and a final movie kind of thing to wrap it up. Um, yep. exactly, exactly that. I'm, it's five seasons. Then a feature length sequel concluded the series called seven Kings must die, which came out back in April. So just two months ago. Yeah, yeah. So that and that's that's one of those shows that I was super into. That's another like UK produced thing that Netflix is distributing in the US or whatever. Right. Um, and it's about like Vikings and and the Engl- the unification of England and all that stuff. So that was real fun. And that was like kind of like I was also thinking of that while watching Marco Polo. It's like Netflix kind of has all these like weird historical game quote unquote Game of Thrones chasers uh, yeah. going on there. And that show was real good. But I started to watch the fifth season. And I think there was a weirdly long gap between season four and five. So you um, just lost everything. Like, and I was like, gone. who the fuck are all of these people? Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> and this is the final season. I, th- I didn't know that that movie was coming out at the time. So I was like, I'm yeah. not going to. Uh, so I think I watched one episode of it and was like, I'm out, uh, which is unfortunate. <laughs> so I might as well, I guess, talk myself into finishing. Just go back and finish, uh, read the Wikipedia page and then finish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Last Kingdom. Nice. Yeah. I mean, the world of Game of Thrones knockoffs, there were so many of them. And I mean, you know, just in the last few years, we've had, you know, other streamers try to do their own like fantasy blockbuster thing with, I mean, HBO is trying to do it again with House of the Dragon, which right. is, is very good. I like that, uh, that show a lot. But Amazon, of course, has their Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power show. Uh, but like before that, before like, we were able to do like, just like, okay, well, we can just mine a classic IP that's fantasy related, um, it would be stuff like Vikings would be on the History right. Channel. And that that would be a big show. Or, or they would put a lot of money into Vikings. Uh, and all of them were just like, yeah, I guess this, this will tide people over until Game of Thrones comes back. Like, that's... <laughs> 
that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of how it worked, right? <laughs> I think there's a lot. I think there's like spinoffs of Vikings. I think that show is actually like very successful. I think. Um, it, it, didn't you watch some of Vikings? I feel like did or was was that somebody else? Is that somebody I don't else? Remember, in my life you might be thinking of Last Kingdom because uh, it is. <laughs> it might very, be Last Kingdom. I, I think I, my old roommate watched Vikings. I think. Uh, yeah, Vikings ran for six seasons. Uh, yeah, ended in 2020. Yeah, I'm not sure if there are spinoffs or not. But I've, it ran, I've it ran for a long time. Vikings like Valhalla and stuff. Like so, there might be other. Correct. You, you got yeah. it. Vikings Valhalla, which uh, is currently uh, getting ready for its third season, and uh, that one's straight to Netflix, I think. Got um, it. Okay. But yeah, there it is. Anyway, Marco Polo. Um, <laughs> it's kind of neat, kind of cool. I don't, I don't know how how into the whole like Marco Polo becomes an agent of the Mongol Empire and is like a martial arts expert thing. I'm into, but uh, sure. <laughs> otherwise, it seems kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, seems like an okay show. Um, and yeah, I think really the uh, the main strengths here are you got Michelle Yeoh doing a fight scene. Like right yeah. right out the gate, Michelle Yeoh is getting into a sword fight. Yeah. Uh, like the first thing you see her do, uh, which is great. Fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> so just very cool to see that. Uh, plus, you got Benedict Wong's performance as Kupla Khan, uh, and he is really fun in the role. Like he's just, like he gives that character a sense of like humanity and warmth, but also like viciousness and like everything about that. Just, it works so well. It's really great. Yeah. And I couldn't remember, or I couldn't figure out who the little kid is at the very beginning with all the burning birds. The, the one that was young Kublai Khan. Is that who you're talking that about? That's that young Kublai Khan. Okay. Right, it was, I, it was like a flashback who, at the beginning, right? Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't figure out exactly who or when that was supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it was, it was young Kublai Khan talking to his grandfather, Genghis Khan. Right. Got it. Cause I think, and again, this is total, you know, I have no context for any of the show at all. I, but what I remember from the recap is that I believe the show starts with Genghis Khan's death, right? And it's sort of like the... Uh, I think you're right. The vacuum yeah. of power and Kublai Khan kind of stepping up and taking over, right? That That's sort of what I think is happening. I mean, that, that sequence at the end where it is the Michelle Yeoh fight scene, like intercut with the wedding ceremony stuff, yeah. with the, like the drums going and all that was like really intense and really cool. Yeah, and then of course they find the, the rightful heir to the Chinese throne, uh, so... I'm sure that would have been a neat plot line <laughs> if it hadn't been canceled too early. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe it does wrap up okay. Like, who's, Maybe. who's, who's to say? Uh, but <laughs> we, we cannot speak to it because we have not watched the rest of the show. Um, but, but just watching this does feel like a show that... Um, it really maybe was reinventing itself as it went, kind of figuring out what its focus should be. Uh, and I think, you know, that first season probably has a heavier emphasis on Marco Polo himself as a character right. um, because the show is called Marco Polo and he's theoretically the main guy. But like about halfway through this episode, I realized that like I forgot which one was Marco Polo. Like I forgot where he right. was in the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was clearly I was getting more invested in Benedict Wong as Kublai Khan and I was like I want to see what this guy's doing and it was, and the show delivered on that there was a lot of Kublai Khan in this and I feel like you know maybe they like kind of changed behind the scenes like what the emphasis of the show is going to be going forward and if it had lasted uh, you know six seasons like Vikings maybe this would have been like a Marco Polo show in name only and it's really a Kublai Khan show you know <laughs> that, would be pretty, that would have been pretty cool if that's what ended up happening. But yeah, any other random thoughts about Marco Polo, Mike, before we start uh, wrapping this up? We're trying to keep this under a half hour. So uh, yeah, we got we got a few uh, minutes. Um, No, not, I don't think so. It seems neat. I wish, you know, it just makes me sad thinking about uh, the whole Netflix of it all, of the like, no, sh barely any of their original shows make it past two seasons because they don't see a subscriber bump anymore. And, like, right. The whole algorithm driven green lighting of stuff and cancellations and uh, just all of that shit. I mean, not that it was better on network, uh, but like, I don't know. It's just yeah. annoying. But, but when Netflix kind of first started doing original programming, it was kind of 
seen as, and they, they kind of advertise themselves as a place where like your shows will be safe, you know, because, right, yeah. because everything is so niche, like it's built, it's built to be that way. And so, you know, it's, it, it, nothing's going to get like canceled unjustly on Netflix. And that has proven not to be the case on many occasions. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I think we, like, uh, we talked about recently, like, you know, them bringing back Arrested Development and stuff like sure. that, where it's like a place that could save shows canceled from yeah. other places. Um, and yeah, now they're just as bloodthirsty <laughs> as any other network and stuff. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Do you have a, a Netflix cancellation that really rubbed, you, like that really upset you, Mike? Do you have a show that you were attached to that uh, was canceled? Not that I can really think of, and I think that's mostly because Netflix programming is also like vacuous and d- d- empty. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's uh, they they produce so much stuff now, and like ninety eight percent of it is pure garbage. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, um, but there are. Very good Netflix shows. Uh, there are shows that are produced on Netflix that are good. Uh, we were both big Stranger Things fans, I think. Yeah. Um, early, uh, you started out as a big Stranger Things fan, and I got, and I am of the incredibly unpopular opinion that Stranger Things got better every season. Uh, so I, <laughs> I think yeah. it's like at its best right now. And I wasn't a big fan of it when it first started. Um, but that is like a show that has kind of built itself into like a brand for Netflix, and so the only way they're going to end it which is theoretically the next season, but it's like, you know, they're ending it on their own terms kind of thing. And like, it's, right. it's a planned ending. I think the cancellation that really got me was American Vandal, uh, which was such a perfect show. May- uh, yeah. Uh, that ran for two seasons on Netflix and was canceled. And uh, it was the exact kind of show that like could exist because of Netflix. Yep. Like be- because Netflix started producing their own original shows, like that show would never get made on any kind of network or cable channel or anything in that form. Right. And the fact that Netflix existed is why it got made. Uh, and then, it just wasn't profitable for Netflix anymore, so they axed it. You know, it was it sucks. Very it was, sad. It was a real bummer. Yeah, and the way that that show is basically like a direct response to Netflix. Like, yeah, also that it was making fun of making a murderer and those kind of Netflix true crime documentaries. Right. So I don't know. I can't think of any that like I'm dreading potentially the 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 Witcher cancellation. Of course, uh, we'll see how season three is. Um, right. And then of Cavill's um, last season. Right. Um, yeah. Which, it's weird that like they announced so long ago that Henry Cavill is not going to be in the show anymore. But that but his season still has to come out. Uh, yeah. You know, well, it was also it was around the uh, Black Adam reorganization of this hierarchy. Right. Or whatever the fuck that long so, quote is. Right. So he theoretically left the Witcher so that he could rejoin the DC universe as Superman. Right. I think that was like directly the announcement was that he was going to be returning as Superman. Uh, yeah. And then and then like a couple weeks later, it was that now Liam Hemsworth will be back or will be filling in uh, as Geralt yeah. in the show. And then uh, James Gunn was like, LOL, JK. So yeah. <laughs> like maybe bring him back. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I, that works. I, I I can't. I don't see why he wouldn't come back. But yeah, it sounds right? like the, it sounds like he's not. Like it sounds like they haven't done anything different. Like it's just. It, and I think he's attached to like some other, like some other, like I, I want to say like you know Magic the Gathering or some shit like some TV show based yeah. on that. Like, right? <laughs> I think like, you're the, right. Actually, yeah, that <laughs> sounds I, right. It might be. It might be Warhammer 40k. It's like Warhammer some, 40k. That's yeah. what it is. Like just some ultra nerdy bullshit that is getting yeah. an Amazon TV show or something, right? Just because of Henry Cavill, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, which, you know, good for him. I hope that's great, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. That could be uh, a Game of Thrones killer. Oh, wait. It, yeah, <laughs> Game of Thrones is over. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. Um, but yeah, Warhammer 40K, look out for that, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, um, I forget, uh, The Witcher. Yeah, we'll see yeah. how that goes. Um uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I, and then other shows. There have definitely been other shows that got canceled. I just somehow can't remember any of them. Yeah. Um, I know I remember recently also the uh, 
the other Mike Flanagan show, um, The Midnight Club, I think it was called. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like sort of like the more young adult ver- show kind of thing, which I yeah. didn't watch. But that got canceled after one season. Uh, oh, did which, it? Yeah, which seems like some real bullshit. I remember Mike Flanagan's tweeting some stuff and then just dropping like, oh, here's all the stuff we had planned and just like put out all of the like story beats and storyboards yeah. and like everything that they had already planned. Um, I was like, oh, this is where this character was going to end up and blah, blah, blah. Um, cause it seemed like he was like, that kind of came out of nowhere if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, it sounds like, um, I'm looking at it now. Unlike all three of his previous series, which were all miniseries, uh, this was not a miniseries. It was intended to be a limited run for two seasons, but it was canceled after one. And so, yeah, there it is. Midnight yeah. Club's done. Oh, well. Um, I've right. heard it was good. My friends liked it. I never watched I, it. Though. I, I, you know, I never watched it. I heard it was good, but uh, yeah, Mike Flanagan always good. Like, that's the thing. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I mean, maybe not always good, but like he, he bats. He has a very high batting average. I generally like most of Mike Flanagan stuff. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, American Vandal is the one that like the cancellation that upset me the most. Uh, and then they did kind of end BoJack Horseman before its time, which I really. Which, uh, I mean, it, it had a good run. Like it was, it was fine to end it the way it did. But I think the creator, uh, Raphael Bob Waksberg, which ran for like six seasons, uh, the creator has said like, uh, we were planning to make more, and Netflix kind of said like, hey. You need to wrap this up. And so they, it wrapped up. It concluded. It was fine. Like the, end, the ending was great. It was like, it's still, I think the best thing Netflix has ever produced, except for maybe like the Irishman or something. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it, it did kind of end before the creator wanted to end it essentially. Uh, and that is sort of how a lot of shows on Netflix go, but it, a lot of them don't get that kind of like heads up. You need to cancel this or yeah. you, need, you need to end this. Cause we're going to cancel it. Uh, a lot of them just get canceled. Fucked up. Oh, well, yeah. There it is. And Marco Polo, one of those shows. Last two seasons, <laughs> Michelle Yeoh was in the second one. And uh, it seems like she has a pretty prominent role based on that last 10 minutes of the first episode where she is pretty cool doing a cool fight scene. Yeah. So at least we got that. You know? Exactly. Uh, any final thoughts, Mike, or should we wrap this up? Um, it is it is more than I think we've gotten of Michelle Yeoh in some of the more recent main episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. So that's cool. <laughs> yes, uh, and we'll talk about Mechanic Resurrection in a minute, Mike, when we record that episode. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, all right, so that's going to be it for this uh, bonus episode uh, of the Complete Works, uh, Mike D. Uh, you are away in Ireland, but if people want to find you online, where can we find where can we find you this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that on our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you uh, want merch, we have merch. Check out our merch on our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods.redbubble.com. Yes, it is. And you can find me at uh, Emma Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decretio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W R K S, no O in the word works. And you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, but all kinds of comp books and movie news and all that good stuff our theme song was created by kyle cullen who you can reach for your own podcast themes at kyle's podcast themes at gmail.com and our logo was designed by mac v or at fearless guard on twitter join us in the next week of the complete works we're talking about michelle yo's role or no i'm i'm reading the uh this is the bonus episode uh yeah <laughs> I'm wrong, copy. The wrong thing wrong thing uh but yeah join us in the next week in the play it works uh we have some cool stuff in the works uh pretty soon we're going to be rejoining the world of jeff goldblum actually that's uh, right to talk about wes anderson's asteroid city uh which uh goldblum is in it he is on the poster his name is on the poster he has not been in a single trailer for this movie and i think there's only been the one trailer for this movie so far i uh, think so so uh yeah we will say i i am fully prepared for this to be like 
a one like a five second role for Jeff Goldblum. I feel like it totally is totally possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or he'll be like a voice on the radio or some shit. Like it could be it could be anything. You know? Yes. But either way, we're gonna talk about Asteroid City uh, pretty soon, and of course, more Michelle Yeoh movies to come. Of course, keep checking out Mike Mike Go to the Movies for all kinds of other movie related stuff, including recent releases, ranked lists, general discussions, and a lot more. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for taking it, yo. 